0: I want to welcome you all to this event. James Hilliard on board moderating this event, which is boosting performance with HPE ProLiant Gen 11 servers. We're going to be talking about some of the new features during our tech talk part of the conversation. Uh, this is all part of our series, Win with a Flexible and Secure Cloud Experience, being brought to you by the team over at WEI in partnership with HPE and Intel. I want to take a couple minutes up front here, tell you what we're going to do for for the next uh, 90 minutes or so. First off, is our tech talk. So, the first 30 minutes or so, we'll kick things off. We're going to be hearing from Matt Leal. He is with us from WEI, a pre sales solutions architect over there. Uh, get just a little lay of the land about what WEI is doing to help uh, customers across all industries support them with their modern initiatives. So, we'll be uh, doing that with Matt to kick things off. And then we're going to spend about 20 minutes or so with HPE's Dylan O'Connell. He is the master enterprise architect there. And they Again, really a a bit more of a dive into some of the new features that are part of those HPE ProLiant Gen 11 servers, which are powered by the fourth generation of Intel Xeon scalable processors. And we'll just talk about how they're really able to provide really more agile data infrastructure, helping teams like yours out there really unlock the power of all the data that you are generating to make those good business decisions and drive your teams forward. So that's the Tech Talk. And then we do get Matthew Judon on board with us. New England Patriots, uh, sack king pro. Uh, it's what he does. He is a tight end, uh, for uh, he is a linebacker for the team. With that, I do want to get into the tech talk part of the conversation. That means Matt Leal, I get to hand things over to you for a little bit. Uh, and again, we want to give folks an idea of what wei is doing for uh, teams out there. So, with that, welcome. Glad to have you on board. Let me turn it
1: over to you. All right, Great. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Great intro. Um, yeah. So like James said, my name is Matthew Leal. Uh, I'm a pre pre-sale solution architect for WEI. Um, thank you all for joining today's session. Um, I hope you, you know, not only learn a little bit about WEI, what it is we do, um, the solutions that, you know, we help deliver to our customers alongside HPE, um, but also, you know, get to ask some questions to, uh, you know, one of my favorite players, I'll say. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about who WI is, maybe give you a short history lesson as to where we come from, Um, but really what we're gonna drill into is sort of what our capabilities are, how we're bringing value to our customers. Um, So without further ado, um, let's jump right into this, shall we? So WI was founded a little over 30 years ago now, back in 1989. Um, We've been operating as a value-added reseller and technology provider Uh, for the past 30 years, Um, and we've seen some rapid growth over the past several years. Uh, Today, our facilities cover over 100,000 square feet, uh, including several warehouses and integration spaces. Um, We currently have about 200 employees, um, over half of which are part of our engineering and pre-sales organizations, very engineering-focused here at WEI. Uh, to give you sort of an idea of, of you know, the size of our organization, um, we'll do about $400 million, uh, in revenue this fiscal year. Uh, and about a quarter of that is product that's going to be shipped globally uh, or outside the U.S. Um, so although we are solely based here uh, in the Northeast, here in Salem, New Hampshire, uh, we'd have one branch office. Um, our, our span does reach, you know, around the globe. Um, we have about 350 customers um, spanning every industry vertical that you can imagine, uh, healthcare, financial, energy, manufacturing, retail, um, a number of which can be found uh, on the Forbes 500 list. Um, we've been recognized as a top supplier, not only by third-party organizations, but you know by our customers themselves. Um, we have a number of nominations and awards uh, to reflect that. And really what makes that all possible is WI's dedication and excellence uh, to engineering. Um, in our engineering-led approach. Um, as part of this, you know, our engineers are constantly studying for new certifications in a number of areas of technology uh, from a number of different OEMs. Uh, HB being just one of, but probably our most important OEM partner. So let's take a look, you know, look closer into what WI's core technology solutions are. Um, so we have a number of different practices here at WEI, um, but like most VARs. Um, we got our start in the data center in traditional infrastructure. Uh, but since then, uh, we've added several areas of expertise uh, to our portfolio. Um, and two areas that are pretty much constantly busy um, from our engineering side are our networking and cybersecurity practices. Um, you know, this group can do anything from implementing uh, SD WAN fabrics, uh, deploying wireless access. Uh, doing campus and data center networking, identity access management, and they can do a whole lot more than just that. Um, another area that you know, sort of up and coming, and, and where we're putting a lot of focus on, especially for this year, um, is our cybersecurity and um, uh, DevOps, or sorry, the um, um, hybrid hybrid cloud and, and uh, uh, public cloud solution space. Sorry. Um, you know, we have experience uh, with all of the major CSPs, um, so your GCP, your AWS, and your Azure, um, and we've helped customers develop cloud strategies around those, those three CSPs. Um, most importantly, and this is something that you know our customers are constantly asking for, uh, and this is something that we help them with is you know finding the right mix of on-premises and cloud infrastructure. Uh, and the idea is you know, you're trying to optimize cost and keep the bills you know that you know you get from AWS and Azure um, keep those you know within reason and keep them in check. and And one of the major ways and you know you know the ways we're helping our customers along sort of that cloud transformation journey uh, is modernizing their infrastructure and modernizing their applications, um, taking advantage of things like Kubernetes and containerization. Um, which then leads into being able to deploy your infrastructure as code um, and taking advantage of DevOps tools and automation tools, things like uh, Ansible and Terraform, just to name a few. Uh, and we have another practice here at WEI that's, you know specializes uh, in doing just that. Um, so I won't cover all of the practices and all of the areas of expertise we have at WEI. Um, it'd probably be faster to talk about the technologies that we don't cover. Um, But at the end of the day, and sort of the takeaway from this, is that WEI is a holistic solution provider. um, And if there's anything that we can't do with our own in-house engineering, uh, we have an ecosystem of trusted partners that that help us fill in the gaps. So let's talk a little bit more about the process and what you can expect from an engagement with WEI. Um, So most of all our projects start with someone from my team in the pre-sales organization. Um, We may do an assessment of your environment to better understand the landscape that we're working with. Uh, We have a number of tools at our disposal that that help us do this. Um, And at the beginning stages, we might also do something uh, like a proof of concept. We have gear here in our demo lab. Uh, As you can see, we have over $500 million of gear available in our lab for doing customer POCs. Um, This way we can um, sort of test our our, uh, hypothesis ahead of time. Uh, we can proceed uh, with confidence that, you know, the end solution is going to perform the way we expect it to. So once we design, uh, we, we've we signed off on a design, uh, we hand it off to our SEs, uh, you know, to do what they do best, right? Uh, and whether that's a simple, you know, burden of that equipment or to do a complex multi-vendor integration uh, that's fully customized and all installed, um, basically a turnkey solution uh, that, that we're going to hand over at the end of the day. Um, And we have dedicated space, like I said, here in our facilities in Salem uh, to do all the integration work, anything from, you know, pre-configuring access points, um, all the way up to doing, you know, full multi-rack deployments, all with, you know, custom cabling, labeling, etc. So, as a part of those engagements, um, typically we do do some post-installation support. Uh, This is you know, just to ensure that we're doing the proper handoff uh, on your new equipment, uh, making sure that all the day one operations go smoothly, you're satisfied with, you know, the work as it was performed. Um, and of course, answering any of your questions that may come up. Um, part of this too is probably doing some uh, some knowledge transfer uh, if that's needed. So one of the other differentiators and the ways that WI helps add value to our customers is, you know, the ability to store equipment for you. Um, something simple, um, but you know, the better we get to know you and your standards, and understand the technology that you prefer, um, you know, we can you know keep stock of the inventory that you like. Um, and just thinking of a scenario, you know, how many times have you placed an order for a switch or an access point, and you know, been told that you're going to have to wait six to eight months for it? You know, that's part of your standards, and you really don't want to deviate from it. Uh, well, having customer-owned inventory and customer-dedicated stock is, you know, just a couple of ways that WEI can help mitigate, you know, some long lead times. And we do that for our customers all the time. So I talked a little bit about our integration capabilities um, here at WEI. We have a zero DOA policy. Um, so whenever you have equipment shipped to us here at our facilities, it's always getting unboxed, powered on, uh, and making sure that it works. Um, so whenever you receive a, sh- a shipment from WI, it's always going to have WI packing tape. We'll reuse the, the, the packaging and boxes. Um, but, you know, we're not simply drop shipping uh, equipment to our customers. Um, you know, simple things, doing, updating firmware um, to whatever the latest revision is or whatever standard you have. Um, you know, the way we see that is, you know, we're taking that burden off of your plate, freeing up your time to, uh, you know, invest in, Know what's most important to you. Um, we also have the ability to do things like uh, full asset, full asset management um, with uh, things like end-user devices, laptops, mobile devices. Um, we'll you know take that, take those devices, enroll them in your um, your MDM of choice, um, and even keep stock those devices uh, on our shelves, um, making it easier for you to maintain a standard model over a lifecycle. Um, so as you do your rollout. Um, you don't have to worry about, again, long lead times, uh, end of life uh, dates, and, uh, you know, supply chain issues. So like I mentioned before, about a quarter of all our sales uh, will be shipped globally. Um, and we've landed equipment in over 120 different, comp- uh, different countries. Um, if you are local uh, to New Hampshire, uh, I do urge you to stop by, uh, do a tour of our headquarters, uh, see the operation at work. Um, you know, we're always doing knowledge transfer sessions and workshops, um, which are complimentary. Um, so, you know, for the past couple of years, those have been entirely virtual. Um, but we have several spaces in in our headquarters that we use as classrooms, uh, and we teach a a variety of different topics. Uh, I think some of the upcoming and recent sessions that we've done, uh, around Nutanix, um, PowerShell, um, I recently, you know, sat in on one of our Veeam classes, um, and you know those are great, and of course, uh, complimentary. So you know, reach out if you're if you're interested. Um, and I don't know if I already mentioned this, um, but I did want to point out the fact um, that we do have dedicated uh, project management organization. So it's standard practice in all our engagements um, that you have a dedicated project manager assigned, and you know they're there to ensure that we meet project deadlines. Uh, I'm sure that all the roles and responsibilities are clearly defined uh, throughout the project and there's no ambiguity for who's responsible for what. Um, And ultimately at at the project's conclusion that you're satisfied with the work that was performed and that all of the uh, objectives were met. So this is sort of my last slide. Um, I just want to briefly mention the partnership that we have with, with HPE. Uh, WI has been a partner for almost 20 years now, um, going back to when HPE originally acquired Compaq. Um, and we've been recognized in the past by HPE as you know one of their top partners, in fact, ranking number two, uh, if you look at the number of engineering certifications that we have here in North America. Um, we like to think that WI is, you know, in our team is sort of an extension of the HPE team that you may already be working with. Um, and in fact, if you look at, you know, the pre-sales organization here at WEI, uh, many of us have old HPE badges, uh, myself included. So um, we're very familiar with, with HPE as a company. Um, so, but in short, um, you know, we're fluent in, in HPE solutions. Um, being a partner with HPE has been the best thing for, for WI. We can attribute a lot of our success uh, and the growth that we've seen the past couple of years to that partnership. Um, we believe that you know when you start with you know the right solution, the right technology from HPE, um, you add the services and the uh, engineering expertise that WI brings to the table. Uh, that leaves that you know just leads to better engagements and and happier customers uh, you know, with the end product. And, and ultimately, uh, no, that's what we're all about. Not only WI but HPE by extension. Um, yeah. So thank you um, for for joining today. Um, again, my name is Matthew Leal, I'm um, a pre-sales solution architect for, for WAI. Um, if you don't know who your WAI account executive is, uh, and you're interested in joining one of our workshops, um, if you're looking for maybe uh, an infrastructure assessment from some of, someone from our pre-sales team, or if you just have questions, uh, feel free to reach out to marketing at WAI.com. Um, and again, thank you for joining today and uh, look forward to uh, the rest of the session. And um, yep, that's all it uh, for me, James. I'll Perfect back Matt. To you
0: <laughs> I, I do appreciate it. And uh Dylan, as I bring you on here uh from HPE, I, I'm I'm looking back at that uh, image that Matt showed of the warehouse and Upon my view, because I have some knowledge of what those uh, HPE ProLiant Gen 11 servers look like. Of course, they're powered by those uh, fourth generation Intel Xeon scalable processors. They could store some of those on site. And then when a customer needs it, just get them right out there. I just thought I'd mention that. There was a little room in the warehouse there. Uh, Dylan, <laughs> we're glad to have you on board. I wanted to give you, uh, we're going to take about 15 or, or 20 minutes and, and talk about some of the uh, newer features in uh, the HP ProLiant servers out there. And what that's really doing to help folks unlock all the data that we're creating. Creating on a regular basis and get into the data so they can make good business decisions. So with that, glad to have you on board. Dylan, I'll turn it over to you. All right. Thank you,
2: James. And I just want to start off by saying that, yeah, uh, you know, we have to give props or props as due. WEI is one of our best partners. They really are just an extension of our team. You know, they can pick up the phone and be in contact with one of the engineers who designed the firmware on a chip, <laughs> you know, in a matter of minutes. So it's really cool and great to partner with them. So I just want to say thank you for the partnership. So I wanted to give a quick introduction, high-level overview of HPE because maybe you haven't worked with us before and you don't know anything about the company, but I can assure you, we don't sell printers or laptops. So let's just dive into what HPE is. And we we call ourselves the edge to cloud as a service company. And I'm going to explain that right now. So that whole mantra started back in 2018 when Antonio Neri became our CEO and he said, way back in 2018, the enterprise of the future is gonna be edge-centric, data-driven and cloud-enabled. And that's been our mantra ever since, and that's what we've been building as a company since 2018. And so just to explain what that means, edge-centric, all about the internet of things. That's where data comes from, right? People might say, what is the edge? We're all holding the edge in our pockets. We have cell phones, you know, we interface, we create data every day. And so that's where the data comes from. It comes from the edge. And then we have to take that data and derive insights from it. And so with the explosion of AI, it's gotten very popular for the past two years, but we've been doing AI for quite some time, getting value from your data and using it to make business decisions. And the last thing, being cloud enabled, it's really all about a hybrid cloud approach. Uh, That's what people have been striving towards for the last few years. We've really got that nailed down at HPE now. And so just to show you the proof in the pudding that we're putting our money where our mouth is in regards to this, these are all the companies we've purchased over the last couple of years. It seems like we purchased a company every couple of months or so, but you can see around the edge, we bought Aruba Networks, Plexi, Silverpeak, uh, Ethernet, you might not be familiar with, but that's private 5G. So we can do private 5G for you if you want. And that's, you know, how we're really connecting all of these edge devices with our with our, all of these companies. We also are data-driven. So you'll see a ton of acquisitions here in the AI space. Companies like Ampool, Determined AI, Pachyderm, you know, uh, these are all, you know, pretty large AI software companies that we've acquired. And now we have that power. We also have been acquiring a lot of supercomputing companies. So when it comes to supercomputers, HPE was ranked number three in the world for the best supercomputers. SGI was number two and Cray was number one. So we just bought our competition and now we have the most powerful computers in the world. So we uh, we can do a lot when it comes to the HPC AI space. And then lastly, we've built out the hybrid cloud. We bought a bunch of great cloud companies. So now we have a, a very solid hybrid cloud story. And so what we've done with all those acquisitions and with all of our intellectual property is we have built the GreenLake cloud platform. So you could see here what it is, the GreenLake cloud platform, we have networking, we have servers, we have storage. And on top of that, we can layer data management services. We can do bare metal, virtual machines, containers, and we can layer AI and analytics on top of all of that. And this can be consumed as a service. You could purchase it outright. And it's elastic, open, and partner-enabled. So we have the hybrid cloud platform ready to roll. It's built for you. And we're very happy to to get into discussions of how we can help you accelerate your business goals with it. And, you know, that being said, a lot of it is powered by Intel 4th Gen Xeon Scalable Processors. So to give you a little sneak peek into what's under the covers there, I did mention servers are in that, that hardware layer, right? We have networking Server storage, that's what makes any data center tick, whether you're in AWS or, or Azure or, or the GreenLake cloud platform, right? So we have a whole bunch, a suite of servers here. We have everything from tiny micro servers to literally the most powerful computers in the world. So the, uh, the most powerful computer in the world today, the first exascale system is an HPE system. So we can go from sitting on your desk to as big as you want. And we have lots of data center solutions here, and they're all available, these ones up here, to be powered by the Intel fourth generation processors, which are the latest and greatest. So how do you know if you're gonna be getting the latest and greatest Intel processor on an HPE system? Well, you're gonna see gen 11. That's how you know you're getting the fourth gen Intel processors. And our gen 11 servers have broken 43 world records. So these systems, they're quite potent in terms of power and efficiency. Uh, You'll see here, data efficiency, we won seven records for that, data management, artificial intelligence, so quite a lot uh, going for you there when it comes to these latest generation. But uh, the question is going to be, why would I purchase an HPE server when I could get an Intel fourth generation processor in any server? What's the driving factor here for going with HPE? And the answer comes down to security. So uh, bar none, there is no more secure server out there than HPE ProLiant Gen 11 server. So it all started back in Gen 10 when we introduced the Silicon root of trust. And that was an immutable chip could not be changed that could verify all of the firmware down below your operating system and make sure there was no malicious zeros or ones involved. And that was groundbreaking. Um, You know, no one's been able to quite replicate it since because that technology, that silicon root of trust, allowed for something called runtime firmware verification, meaning that this server can check below the OS while it's running without rebooting it to verify if any malicious code's been installed. And no one's been able to replicate that since. And so Gen 10, that came out back in, I want to say... Oh, was it 2018 or 2019? So this is that's technology has been around for a while, but uh, like I said, it's still unmatched today. So if you have a server and you're curious if it's been compromised below the operating system, the only way you can know for sure is if it's an HPE one because we check it every 24 hours automatically. Uh, we also introduced our secure supply chain with Gen 10. And then Gen 10 Plus was when we had the third generation Intel Xeon processors We added TPM, which is trusted platform module. And we also added some cool technology around device attestation and zero trust provisioning. We also added for those three letter government agencies that need to buy things that were made in America, the DL380T and DL360T. So these are, they come with a little made in America sticker. They're made in a secure facility by people with background clearances. You can trust that has not been tampered with. So, uh, that's what we did of gen 10 plus. And then of gen 11, we stepped it up again. We said, you know, being the best in the industry with our security isn't enough. We have to keep improving because the bad actors out there don't stop. So neither will we, we upgraded our ILO chip to ILO six and ILO is the foundation of our security. I'll get into that a little bit more in a second. We also upgraded our supply chain. So now we can offer global supply chain security services. We also now have GreenLake for Compute Ops Management. It's a cloud-based server management service where you can verify the secure integrity of your servers from the cloud. And we also uh, implemented our platform certificate and iDevID technologies by default. So platform certificate, high level what that is, we basically create a digital fingerprint of the server. So we know exactly what's in it from the hardware and software side, we can create a hash. And if anything, that server's changed, hardware or software you would know when you received it. So this ensures not even a bad actor at WEI could tamper with your server. Just you know, in, in the worst case scenario, uh, insider attacks are something that we have to think about. And so that's how we handle that. We can verify from the time it leaves our secure facility to the time it gets on your front door, a bad actor has not touched it. It could be the UPS delivery driver that installs some bad firmware on the server, right? You are, you're protected with HPE from that. So I do want to talk about uh, for a second here, where attacks can come from. If we had a bit more time, one of the demonstrations I love to do is how to hack into a server. And there's a couple of ways that I I really enjoy for getting in there and all of them involve going in below the operating system. And you might say, uh, how is a hacker going to get in below my operating system? Well, the more advanced hacks you see these days, they're exploiting things below the operating system because we generally do a pretty good job hardening everything from the operating system to the platform to the applications. And so ransomware is listed here in the operating system range. I recently had a customer that was attacked, and they were exploiting some background backdoors that were below the operating system to get in there to implement the ransomware. So the bad actors are getting very intelligent these days. So we have to look at all the attacks that can happen down below the operating system. So things like your UEFI BIOS, your firmware, your processor attestation, and your supply chain we have to lock all these things down if you want to be truly secure and here's examples of all the attacks you know rootkits, bootkits, booting into alternate oss flashing malware, deepen your uh, the firmware for your baseboard management controller all of these things are possible exploits so let me show you how HPE handles that. The first thing is with our secure supply chain. I mentioned that with Gen 11, we can do a global secure supply chain. So, what does that mean? It means that uh, any server you want, when you're getting a Gen 11 DL server, if you get this SKU as optional, it's going to be manufactured in a US facility with people with background clearances. You're going to get a Made in America sticker on it. And all of the Highest security modes are going to be turned on. So from the factory, you know that server was not tampered with and it's got everything enabled so you know it's secure. Above supply chain, we have the hardware and hardware is where HPE security really stands out. That's where we're different from the crowd and it's because of that ILO 6 chip. So we have all of this stuff listed out here, but I'm going to deep dive into the ILO chip for a second. So... This is the second best server security in the market. And you could see here, they have a standard baseboard management controller. Every server, by the way, has what's called a baseboard management controller. It's a chip used for managing your server. It typically has network access. It can access the operating system and every device within the server. So think of it as a backdoor. So typically they can do this check at the beginning and say, okay, does my baseboard management control firmware, is it legit? Is this actually all the right zeros and ones or did a bad actor implement some code in here? But outside of initial boot up, they can't check that. And so the only other option they have is they can use an SPS firmware to check your BIOS and then verify your operating system. And you'll see all these Xs here. These are potential places where you could inject malicious code. So what's the best way to go about this? And the best way to go about it is the way HPE does it with our ILO6 chip. And that ILO6 chip has a burned in immutable ha- uh, key that we can use to verify the firmware that's running on it. And if a single zero or one is out of place, we'll reflash to the last known good one or, or, and or give you an alert that, hey, something weird is going on here. And then once it verifies itself, it can then go out and check all of this other firmware as well as the BIOS, as well as the operating system. So this is a, a chain of trust and it's zero trust because nothing is trusted by default. Everything gets checked and oh, by the way, this can do this check every 24 hours, not just at boot up while the server's running. That's what makes HP different than anyone else. No one else can do this while the server's running and most people can't even do this to begin with. So, We say, you know, Root of Trust is pretty awesome. It covers your BMC firmware, your BIOS, uh, your option ROM drivers on PCIe devices, the system CPLD. But what about other major firmwares in the system? Are we missing anything? And the answer was yes. We were not checking PCIe device firmware. And if you don't know what a PCIe device is, it could be a networking card. It could be a GPU, could be... NVMe storage, these are all devices that live on an NVMe bus. And so until gen 11, we had no way of checking that. Well, come along with the security protocol and data model, SPDM. We can leverage this industry standard protocol to check PCIe devices. So this is brand new with gen 11. Uh, No one else can do this, this is HPE unique. So now our ILO 6 can check itself and then as part of its checks throughout the rest of the server, including the BIOS and the operating system, we can also check your GPUs, your networking card, your NVMe storage, and we can see if a single zero or one is out of place. If any malicious code exists, you will be notified. The server can also be set to recover itself automatically. So this is unprecedented levels of protection. So if you're worried about security, HPE is the way to go when it comes to these servers. And so this is my last slide. This is just showing you our security dashboard here on our ILO 6. And you can see here, everything will be green and good to go if you're following HP security best practices. And we now have this global component integrity, which is those PCIe devices, which is brand new for this year. So if you have any concerns about security, reach out to WEI, reach out to HPE. We're here to help. Dylan, and I'd say James, if anyone did
0: not have a concern about security, uh, then they might not be in the right job these days because that—that <laughs> that is first and foremost. I, mean, I remember uh, just following the tech space for the last twenty years. Security was always a thing, but it was much more of that add-on, and now it is the leading conversation of of everything that we're we're focused on here, and and then. You know to secure the hardware and that's so important to to focus on these days. Really appreciate the insights that you shared there. Uh, Matt and Dylan are going to hang through our conversation with Matthew Judon and I saw Matthew uh, get on here so I'm going to send him a couple of the uh, notes on the unmute and get his video feed going but Dylan I do appreciate and I'll be giving some contact information for everyone at the uh, end of our event as well. Uh, With that, Matthew Judon is with us, Lineback. And he's around. He's going to get himself a nice little spot there in his location, and then we'll get down to our conversation. Matt, how are you today?
3: I'm doing well, man. How y'all doing?
0: We're good. We're good. First, you need to give us an update on the arm. How are you feeling, and uh, what's what's things looking like for you?
3: Uh, I'm feeling good. It's it's coming along. It's just a long journey. You just got to stay the course. Uh, hopefully, I can play uh, again this year. Uh, but if not, you know, make sure. Uh, it's good to go when I do get back out, out there.
0: That sounds great. Hey, uh, our sponsor company today, WEI, based out of New Hampshire, we have a lot of Patriot fans online with us. I just want to address them real quick, remind them that uh, you can do a couple of things to get involved here. If you have some questions for Matt as we go through the next 40 minutes or so, one, you can put them in the chat to me, and then I can read those off. Uh, You can also encourage if you want to uh, get your video feeds showing to all of us, that is just fine. And then in Zoom, if at the bottom, I think it's the three, dots under that more but you can use that little raise hand icon that'll put you in the uh participants view i'll be able to see that hand come up and then i'll invite you to unmute and you can ask a question of matt here and i'll just help me kind of uh keep us from all talking over each other uh four-time pro bowler um and one of the things uh, i know you were on matt and, and dylan was talking a little bit about how hpe from a technology standpoint didn't just create something on their servers and say, good enough. Uh, They're constantly improving and constantly growing. Let me ask you as a player, first on the field, then I want to talk about kind of leadership and and locker room, but on the field, what drives you to continue to get better, uh, get faster, stay as strong as possible, uh, you know, year in and year out?
3: I mean, I think the biggest driving force for anybody is just winning first of all, but then it's also, man, you don't get to play this game for very long. So uh, once it's gone, it's gone. It's not It's something you can get back. Uh, you know, I can always get in good shape or better shape or run a faster mile, but it's never, you know, when I'm 45, 47, you know, it's no more top-of-the-line athlete. It's no more I can play with some guys that's 20, 25, 26, just coming into their prime. Uh, so if you don't continue to, uh, get better, man, you're going to start decreasing and, uh, speed, physicality, strength gonna go down. And then it's, it's going to be looking like the odd man out. You don't never want to be the odd man out in this game. So, uh, during, the during the off season and, you know, when we, and during the season you want to stay strong, but really that's the time to put the work in, in the off season, just get bigger, faster, stronger, and come back more in shape and ready. What you talked about there is reminding me about.
0: I think it's CBS has a commercial out there. Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, right? They're sitting on the couch like, hey, we could go back out there and do that. And then Emmett's like sleeping on the sideline. Yeah. Right, right. It's not a forty man year old game. It's that twenty and thirty year old man's game.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you be having it. You be knowing what to do, and I think that's when you get in your prime and you and you your best when you know exactly what to do and you still had the speed, the stamina, the strength to go out and do it. But, uh, you know, once you hit that, okay, I know everything to do, but I, I'm not capable of doing it. You, you got to start coaching, man. It's time to hang them up and, you know, you know pass that knowledge and tutelage down to other players. Well, let's
0: talk about how do you do that now? And, and maybe that's something you're focused a little more on, given the injury, that uh, are you looking to uh, pass on that leadership by things that you're seeing to those younger now linebackers that are having to step up and, and try and fill your very large shoes and very large uh, red arms that we're all very used to seeing out there on the field? What are you doing to really uh, lead in the locker room now?
3: Well, I mean, it's just keys and throughout the games that uh i would take and i would see and uh i would use to you know have an advantage and i think uh with me uh coach allowed me to be on the sideline and pass those things a lot uh, long-term rushers and you know we got the little surface tablets and we can uh go back and watch clips and where they like steal pictures but we i can be like okay uh, you rushing a little while you start here, then you kind of why, but that's stuff you don't really notice on the field it's, It kind of just happens. And so with that uh, we can just talk back and forth and just pass knowledge back real fast. And so it's, it's a lot of little things because we have some great, uh edge rushers and we got some great ends and why stepped up and we're getting a lot of good we're getting a lot of good play from anthony Jennings right now and so um you know we we i can't really complain but if i could help them just be do make one more play or be a little bit quicker be a little bit faster uh that's what i'm trying to do
0: when you're on the field and you're playing are you one of the guys that comes off right away and goes to a surface and wants to immediately see what went on that sl- last couple sequences or do you have others linebacker coaches and stuff bring it over to you and say hey this is what I
3: want you to see uh no nah, i really like after every play i really watch to try to watch a jumbo for the replay uh and so so I kind of know, OK, how they trying to attack us, where's the ball hitting when they do try to run this play and how are they trying to block it in the grand scheme of things. So if I can steal a little bit of, of that from a, a replay, that's what i would be trying to do.
0: OK, awesome. Awesome. And then what about in terms of, of studying uh, film? How has that really uh, changed? And was that a big jump with the capabilities that the NFL had compared to say college was that a big jump and did you learn a whole lot more and have to learn a lot more upon entering the nfl oh
3: well i i think i think as you just continue to play you're gonna learn more of the game uh and so i, I went to the highest level of the game and i think i learned a lot more of the game and oh with it, this being the highest level of the game you know we got the big ipads that carry all the film on it uh um, and we can download it to the iPad, so we don't need Wi-Fi or we don't need a lot of stuff. And uh, it's just an individual thing. It's an individual thing. Sometimes, sometimes you can just you can dilute your brain with too much film. You can you can you can get so worried It'd be like, well they're gonna run this, they're gonna run this, they ran this on third and long against these guys, they're gonna block us or they're gonna attack us like this. And sometimes you just gotta let the game play out. You got the game will play out in the first quarter. All right. This is this is their plan that they practice all week for us. And when you and when you allow that to happen and you understand it, so it's a lot of diagnosing, you know, it's a lot of, you know, they say defense is reactive. I don't think we're really reactive because we call our play when they call their play. But I think we have to diagnose what they're going to do faster than that. What we they do, what we do.
0: Well, it ties back to the conversation we were having on the, the business side of things is every organization out there these days makes so much data and sometimes you can get lost in it. And what we were suggesting with HPE, with our partners, WEIs, you have to know the right data to look at and get into it and then make the right decision. So I hear what you're saying is, yeah, plan, 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 but you have to be in the moment and talk to me about that. How how do you settle yourself as just a person to just be in that moment and throw all the other distractions you got three little ones at home. How do you forget about what's going on at school? How do you forget about everything else and just be in the moment there at the games?
3: uh shoot, I got four little ones, but uh yeah but uh it's 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 easy man. It's easy to go to work. It's easy to go to work uh but you know you can't never take off you know your dad hat or you know your Superman cape to your kids, but uh, to go to work, to be there with my friends, laugh, joke around. Uh, we be having like sauna confessionals and you know locker room karaoke, uh, and just learn about uh, different walks of life or what different what people want from their life that different from yours. And it's not always right or it's not always wrong. Uh, it's just different. And so it's easy because, you know, it's so many characters in our locker room.
0: And I want to dive into a little bit more of that. But first, I'm going to send a little unmute uh, to Steve out there who's joining us. He's got a question for you. Steve, got you unmuted. What's your question for Matt? Hey, Matt, how's it going? I'm doing well. How you doing? Hey, good. I appreciate your your passion for New England. Um, you know, I love when you're out there in the field before the game, you know, playing catch with the kids. Um, I, my question was about the um, the the fine that was, um, you know, put against you and then and then revoked. And so what are your thoughts
3: on that? You know, I kind of uh, I liked your passion around that. It wasn't a huge amount of money, but you were passionate about trying to get that removed, revoked. We're fine. I got fine. No, there was a potential fine in what 2021, I think it was. I don't even I don't even remember, man. They be they be trying to find me all the time. <laughs> I think I th- well, I think on the you know, just the subject of fines, because I I just don't recall the fine. Uh the subject of fines is a lot of different things you can get fined for, whether that's uh, uniform violations, uh, whether that's conduct. So you know, like you can't you can't tweet like five minutes before the game, you know, and, and it don't even matter. Like I can't even do it, and I'm not even playing. You hmm. still get fined. So it, it's a it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of gray area stuff. So that's a, like the uniforms or the conducts or the stuff. Those are just the rules. But then it's uh it's play fines. So um, you know uh, a face mask is a fine, which I don't think that should be a fine, but it it is. A, a horse collar is a fine. So the the things that they try to eliminate from the game, you get fined for if you do in the game. But it's not too many, it's not too many fines like that get assessed from the offense, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they, like even if the running backs or whoever getting tackled, like duck their head, they don't get fined, but we get fined for helmet to helmet contact. It's just, I mean, it's just how you gotta play the game. We like we don't make the rules. We also don't make the fines. We also don't make how much you get fined or when you get fined. And so when you when you go and just try to appeal it and try to get try to get your money back and rescind the fine, uh, you know it's 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 hard. But if you can do it, uh, kudos for you. But then they also have a program where if you don't get fine, but the same thing twice in a year and you you'll have to go through like some driving courses classes and stuff and you can get some money back it's a lot cool thanks
0: appreciate it steve uh you you brought up uh the the offense there uh matthew obviously you're used to uh giving out the blows and and hidden folks there uh what about uh some running back out there in your whole career who is someone that has just hit hard that you were maybe a little surprised like, whoa, this one can, can bring it Russian, uh, North and South.
3: Oh man. I think, uh, Marshawn Lynch, but I think, the I think the hardest running back I ever had to tackle was my rookie year. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, 2016 LeGarrette Blunt. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I've seen a couple stars on that one, but uh, he that, that was, I mean, I made the tackle, but, you know, I lost the war.
0: Okay. Yeah, you, you felt him coming downhill. Yeah. All right. Uh, we had a question from Rick in the chat. What do you think the best thing – uh, in terms of changes uh, because of technology, is it the ability to review certain calls? Is it the ability to, uh, you know, try and, uh, you know, have uh, the ability to uh, maybe it's some of the technology on the sidelines where you guys can go right into the, uh, you know, some protocols right away and make sure you guys are safe out there. What what are some technologies that you think have really done the best to uh, help the game of football?
3: I think, I think, the best technologies is like the next-gen stats where you could track, like, how fast people move and, like, on this certain play, uh how the percentages of the likelihood, because, you know, it's it's really, like, you would think of it as 50-50. He either can catch the ball or he can drop the ball. But they... Got so many analytics in the back of the corner Tyler tire, tired locket, three percent chance he made this catch, and he' always making a catch always and uh so I think uh I think those are like kind of the best and and when you can kind of just see like the little lines on the field, I think that but because you know, review always human error. We are everybody in the world will see one thing and be like, oh, for sure, that's that's a catch, and then they are still call on the field stance, incomplete pass, timeout, turnover on downs, and we yeah. like, oh, we ain't see that one coming. So I think, uh, I think for real, they need to they need to implement a, like a voting rule. They need to have five no they need to have four other like refs on the review and then like everybody like be like okay is this yes 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 no 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 and then the ref that actually watched it on the field he got the last say put save he's up. the tiebreaker yeah he'll be the tiebreaker yeah yeah
0: all right well you brought up stats you want to play a little trivia with me let's go ahead All right, we've been uh, talking to, so this is a fourth in a series that we've been doing. David Andrews uh, was our first guy on board. Then we had Hunter Henry and then uh, Matthew Slater. So I'm going to ask you, we'll go on two here. Um, One, who do you think out of yourself? Well, let's do it. Let's do it this way. We'll take 40-yard dash. This was pre-draft 40-yard dash. What Uh do you think David Andrews ran? Pre-draft?
3: Pre-draft. Pre-draft.
0: Oh, you you were close. I saw it on your lips. You were starting to say the number was going to be right.
3: Oh, a, a, a four a four ten. What, what <laughs> He's not that quick. He's not uh, that quick. He went five, five one two. Five one two. He
0: went five one two. Okay. Um, what about yeah. Slater? He's a gunner.
3: Yeah, Slate probably was zooming though back then. I say Slate was a, a four four five three.
0: Four four four.
3: Four four four. Yeah. Uh what about Hunter? Tight end. Big boy. Tight end. Four nine seven. Four six? Four, four six, six eight. eight. Four six eight.
0: Now, now here's yeah. the here's the real question. Do you remember yours?
3: Mine was like a four seven eight, bro.
0: Four seven three. Give yourself some credit. Four seven three.
3: Crash.
0: Uh all right, let's go with bench press. Let's go with bench press. Which one of okay. you four did the least amount of reps on the bench press? Slater, Henry, Andrews, or you? Hunter. What do you think he did?
3: He probably did like 13.
0: He did 21. 21? Your boy Slater, you get a get on him. He only did 11.
3: I, well, Slater was wild receiver. Dreams, yeah. DB. Right? But I I thought like Hunt would like. All right, okay.
0: All right, so who, who who won between you and Andrews? It's close, but who won?
3: I had thirty. Maybe DA yes. had thirty-two.
0: You you had thirty. Now you beat him. He had twenty-seven.
3: Twenty-seven, dang.
0: So you got all to right. bring that back to him tomorrow in uh in the locker room. Let him know. And Slater I mean, I again was eleven. Now I, I I mean that's more than I could do, but. <sighs>
3: Uh man, those testing things, man. People get psyched out. People get psyched out. Right. You know, it's just the pressure, the moment, the con. The combine now is like really nice. You get there. I think your second day you do your own field drills. Uh, then then you do all off field stuff after, but. It used to be like, bro, you get there and they drill you for three days. You go through all the testing and then they wake you up at the butt crack of dawn to do all of like the on field stuff. And you're like, oh my God. It's like, mean, boot you camp. just, yeah, you just, you was just so happy to get up out of there. You <laughs> just be done at, at the end. Yeah, you was just so <laughs> happy to get, get out of there. you like, I, like, I don't care. Whatever, wherever I got, I got. I do better at my uh, pro day if I want to. If I want to make anything up,
0: do you guys like on bench press and stuff like that? Do you guys still, when you're clowning around? Uh, you said that you had, uh, right? You bring levity there. I mean, and end the line. Look, you guys are playing a game. You should be out there having fun. You, uh, we see you on the sidelines, and you seem to really enjoy and embrace the opportunity you've been given to play uh, and enjoy. Do you guys compete still, trying to bench press uh, things like that in the locker room?
3: No, no, not that, not that. We, uh, when it comes to training, we do a training very smart. Now, okay. uh, so you know, it because you know you got sh- like shoulders, it, you got injuries that injury you know, could come in. You nursing, and you don't want to be. But we do compete. Like we got, we got like this force plate, and we got to jump. We be jump. We be trying to see who can jump the highest. Uh, we got a hoop. We be. We be playing pig in there. Um, so uh, so it's it's some it's just some things that we compete in uh to make the time go by, but it's also just camaraderie. It's our our brother, but we compete in other stuff. We you we try to keep like physicality out of it. Makes sense.
0: Makes sense, makes sense. Uh let me put a controversial question on you from Steve out there. You ready for it?
3: Yeah turf. Grass.
0: Turf grass.
3: or grass, yeah, <laughs> Gras, uh, grass, one hundred percent, all day. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think the only time turf is better, and you can't really do this, but only time turf is better is when it's raining. When it's raining, uh, just being on grass uh, is terrible, but turf is is not that bad. But uh, snow, uh hot weather games like when it's really hot turf is terrible um and then uh turf kind of get hard and uh i mean grass get hard but turf get real hard when it's cold when it's frozen you feel, you,
0: you feel more of those bounces all right well let me talk about cold here um your boy slater a uh, long beach guy. I'm a California guy. He was like, he's still not used to new England winters. So make sure one for all of us that he's got a nice jacket this year. If he doesn't have something right. warm enough, make sure Slater's taken right. care of. Um, how long did it take you? Uh, you know, uh, what Michigan is uh, uh, a bit, uh, uh, you know, where you spent your uh, college years, you're born down in, in uh, Baton Rouge, but uh, you're comfortable with the cold, but do you stay in the cold when you retire? Or are you going to find another uh, kind of warmer place to hang out?
3: No, I'm. I'm gonna find somewhere I get some seasons, but I'm not going cold. I'm not. If I don't have to do, if I don't have to do snow, I probably won't. Unless, unless I want to, you know, go visit some snow, some, some snowboarding or skiing with the kids. But uh, I don't really, I don't really want to shovel.
0: Are you a boarder or a skier?
3: I never done any. Oh, yeah. I want to. I want to surf too. So I know if you're a Californian. Yeah. Let me know if, you know, surfing is a thing. The problem, uh, my surfing was out in Hawaii with
0: my grandparents. Okay. It's too cold out here. For me, the water, and, ugh, it's not, yeah, surfing in California can be chilly. Oh, really? i might going to I'm gonna have
3: to go to Hawaii and surf.
0: I think that's the place to do it. Let's talk about uniforms. Um, uh, the creamsicle was back for uh, Tampa. I just read that uh, I believe that uh, uh, the old Houston Oilers uh, uniform will be brought back up uh, by uh, the Texans to be worn. Do you have a favorite all-time throwback uni that you just love?
3: Hmm. Uh. Hey. It got it got to be the old school Lions ones with the uh with the uh, long lion stretched out. Okay. The one That Barry used to wear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a good call. Yeah, or um, who else got some real nice uniforms? I think those right there. I think those the ones. The I mean, just growing up in Michigan watching Barry. Yeah. You mentioned, I mentioned incorrectly,
0: you've got four youngsters. Uh, mm. And you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, when you you know, do get older in the game, you start thinking about, all right, it's not my time anymore. It's uh, time for the, the next generation. What about you and coaching? Is that something that you are thinking about down the road, youth-wise, uh, professional?
3: I think uh, maybe. Man, I, I got to see where my life is at at that point. I got to see where I'm at what the kids want to do uh where I want to be full time uh living and I think I think at that point you kind of just got to step back and just look at your life but maybe high school I think that's that would be I would either do high school or NFL. I want to do college uh, just because uh other recruiting And how how, I feel like how fickle like the commitments is now. Just with like nil, right? It's it's really like whoever got the most money getting the best athletes, or they go to Bama or Georgia, right? So, So it's 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 just it'll be it'll be tough to just go. To try to recruit, you always on a roll. Lack of family time. And
0: family is, is, I know, important to you. Uh, I think this is probably known by a lot of people, but I wanted to make sure we surfaced it here. You wear the number nine uh, now, and uh, that is because of uh, your siblings. You're one of uh, uh, 10 out there, if I have my numbers correctly and everything. Um, just talk about that decision and and how you feel the the family pride you have when you throw on that number nine every time.
3: Uh, well, I, I just love that, you know, it's a like Judon on the back, but not, then nine under. Uh, and then I I was really lucky when I came over here. Nobody was actually wearing nine, like a quarterback, kicker, nobody. And then they allowed us to wear single digits uh, for the first year. And uh, so I saw that opportunity. I took it. I uh, wore nine in college, uh, you know, just, just representing them. Uh, as, li- as much as I can, uh, it's not a really big thing, but if you know, you know, and uh, you know, they just they be having my back every time I go out there, or if I need something, uh, you know, or just words of encouragement. You know, I got older and younger uh, siblings, so you know, it's just good, it's, it just makes me feel good to represent them. You always uh,
0: come off. On interviews on the uh, after games, uh, when we see you pregame and on the side, you come off as looking like a great teammate and a guy having fun. Is your family why? Uh, because it was so big, you had to work as a team to uh, to to make that through and grow up with everybody.
3: Uh, yeah, but like you kind of said earlier, man, we playing a game like you know, win, lose or draw, like. It, we could be in way worse situations, you know, and you know we we lose a game. It kind of feel like the end of the world. Everybody's sad, everybody. But then once you like once you walk out the building, and I'm not saying you know we don't care, or I'm not saying that you you can't be frustrated. But I'm saying like man, once you walk out that building, like you guys you got so much other stuff to worry about so much weight of the world. Like, you know, you, you go work on your craft, you come back and get better. But like, once you walk out that building, you got to leave work at work. And so when I, when I'm there, when I'm talking to y'all, like I could be, you know, anywhere else I could be dead broker in jail, uh, but I'm not, bro. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm a new England Patriot. You know, I'm, I'm playing or, you know, we playing some really good football. Uh, it's hard to win this league, so I'm not going to cry or complain about a loss. We're we just going to take these lessons and keep going. And then when we put it together like we did last week, you know, it, it's like, okay, well, now they actually look good or they might can beat anybody. So it's just – it's a week-to-week league, man. It's a week-to-week <laughs> league, so I, I, I can't get mad. I just got to be myself.
0: Oh, we appreciate you being yourself. Let me ask you this. And again, folks, if you have a question, if you want to drop it in the chat, feel free. You can also drop it in the chat. Just say, hey, James, I got something to ask. And then I'll uh, see your name and I'll, I'll pull you up here. Um, a quarterback that got away. Someone that you had a little desire to sack and maybe you won't get that chance because, uh, you know, uh, has retired. Uh, is, is there someone out there that was on a, on a hit list that you were really hoping to to get your arms around and put on the ground?
3: Well, uh, I was trying to get that. I, I hit him a couple of times, but I couldn't sack him. I think, uh, I didn't sack almost every quarterback I didn't play against. Uh, and and or that's in the league, and so he would he was one of them but uh you know hopefully i get another opportunity and uh make it count but you know i think i think my sack list and resume uh of quarterbacks is pretty it's pretty darn good pretty a sixty six and a half is that the number uh i believe so i believe yeah. so
0: during the season is that something you and or other guys on the team are focused on are you focused on some of those individual numbers or really does that take a much further back seat and it's about the team it's about your focus your unity goal not those individual accolades or numbers
3: I I believe you can have both and it, it got to be done in moderation and got to be done at appropriate times. so you know I, I can care okay well I need 30 sacks. I need 30 sacks this year. I want to get 30 sacks. But it's like, okay, I have to do those in the in the construction of the team. Like I can't be, you know, trying to get a sack on the run play and give up 40 yards. Or I can't be, I can't be me, 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 me. I gotta be all right on this play. When I get this opportunity, I gotta make the most of this opportunity and if not then we got to go back to playing good football you know uh and so when you like say you know a receiver you're like okay i want a thousand yards all right if you you can get a thousand yards but you know if if it ain't, if you're not run blocking or you're not helping or you're not being like a good like Or you had a good year, but like you was a shitty teammate, like you was a bad teammate. So, uh, and so I think everybody kind of does a great job of kind of putting their pride and ego to the side, and every it's not really about me, me, me. And I think you hear that a lot when you talk to a lot of guys on this team. Uh, it's a lot of guys around the league that, you know, kind of. About face around some, you know, some tough times, and they turn into just mercenaries. They just go out there, okay. I'm looking to get the ball. I'm looking to make these plays. Or you see guys on teams that's really good and they pout and they like, well, I didn't get the touches I'm used to getting. I'm not getting any yards I'm used to getting. and then you you kind of just look at those players. You're like, bro, like, it's not is I like, guess serious is yeah, I mean, as serious as you want it to be, but like you, it could be so many worse situations.
0: It's interesting you you talking in that manner here because now I'm hearing a theme from all your teammates that have been on here from Slater, anderson There there seems to be such a uh, humility. With a lot of specifically your teammates now, these Patriot players, is that something that uh, you find within the organization there, and is that different from some of the or, uh, other organizations you've been in, uh, in in the past?
3: No, I think uh, I think we take that approach because uh, you know it, it's just leadership. I think I think it's from the top down, uh, and you know, Bill really don't talk. But he don't talk much about himself. Like at all. He ain't gonna say nothing about what he did or how he acted or how he moved. Uh he always gonna bring it back towards the team. And I think we kinda just we kinda see somebody that has so much success, but just never say me, I, my. And so I think we just all kind of like, all right well that's the blueprint like that's just the blueprint like let's just go ahead about that and then they kind of get you out of a lot of trouble like like i could have hopped on this interview and be like okay well we suffering cuz i'm not there or if i was if i was this or i could do this and be like bro who like how good are you like are you the best player ever like that's it's difficult and so we, uh, we kind of just keep it as a, a team approach and we talk about our individual selves uh, in a humble manner. And, and that's how we just go about things. And it, it makes it easier, makes your life way easier. Uh, it makes answering questions way easier because you never really saying, okay, I can do this or I should have done this. It's like, okay, well, if I have the opportunity we can get we can get to this and then when i do have opportunities the team wants to this is how we're going to use them
0: Luke's on with us, uh, congratulating you guys on the win uh, last weekend and and moving into this divisional game coming up. Um, How do you guys regulate your your moods, right? Do you get, uh, hey, we got that win, we're back in the win column, so now we're super amped up, or is it, you know, you got to keep that quelled a little bit so you can just focus on the job at hand? How do you deal with those ups and downs? How's the team deal with that?
3: I think – I think you just kind of t- try to take the same approach week in and week out, regardless of the outcome. Like if if you're a worker, you're going gonna to work rather if you won by two, by 50, or lost by the same amount. And so uh, you're just going to come back to work, and I think that's the approach that everybody take is, okay, you know, learn what you did good. Improve on what you didn't do good, and then come back out here to work. It's it's never, it's never really about like, you know, just you, we can't play last last week again. So it's just tough. Like riding that energy, no, nah, it's a whole different team. A whole we gonna be in a whole different state. We just got to come out here and be able to play and be ready to play.
0: Copy. Uh, I was I didn't get a lot of football watching this weekend due to some soccer tournaments that I was uh, at with my daughter. Uh, but I did catch the uh, the Niners Vikings last night. Uh, Vikings defense had a couple good t- takeaways towards the end. But here's the question. Uh, they brought the worm onto the field. Uh, they had some <laughs> good celebrations. Do you uh, talk to us about how you guys plan some of those celebrations? Are you one of those ringleaders? Do you leave oh, that man. to some of the younger cats out there? How do you how do you go about some of that?
3: Man, sometimes you know people just take off and do what they're gonna do. You know, I, it 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 just it be a different energy and emotion that come over you, and you just you just run off and do do what you did. So, uh, sometimes but some it's of these planned, are elaborate sometimes these days. It's not some planned. teams like
0: are practicing, <laughs> and and it's they've got the, like a routine.
3: Well, I mean, see that, adult they be they be in the. I don't know when they be doing it for real. They during practice, or they just talk about it and pass it and why they sitting down eating. And then they'll come out, have a good play, score a touchdown. I mean, I feel like it'd be wide receivers and stuff, DBs and all that stuff. To, to, you know, it's more of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they, they the more deviant ones.
0: Um, a football field that you would love to play on again. This can be any field in the world, a football field you'd love to play
3: on again. Dang, it got to be West Bloomfield. West Bloomfield High. Uh, okay. Back, yeah. Back uh high school football again with the game. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I still haven't played in every stadium, so I'm still waiting to play in every stadium. Uh, I think I I haven't played in Chicago, Denver, uh, San Francisco, you know. So uh, it, it's a couple more stadiums I need to play in, you know, to complete, complete a career before I complete yeah. my career.
0: Get those get those checked off.
3: Uh, what about
0: Grand Valley State uh players, uh, former teammates, high school players, former teammates? Do you get an, an opportunities to stay in touch uh with uh, some of those guys from the past?
3: I yeah, I do. I do. We uh we communicate uh a lot. We, we got group group messages, uh, you know, a couple of my teammates was just out here this weekend. We was hanging out. Um you know, I, I met a whole bunch of group of great people. Uh, you know, I got uh Coach Whitlow. He was uh, my D line coach when I uh, graduated. He's out in uh he's out in Colorado at uh, Army, I mean uh the Air Force, Air Force, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, you know, uh Matt Mitchell, he's at uh Miami of Ohio. I think he worked with like player personnel or something. uh but uh, I talked to coaches, players, teammates. Uh, it was just a, it was a good group of guys, and they, they uh, still reach out. And I, you know, I reached back. I ain't, you know, I ain't never gonna be too good, you know, for the people. You man, we was, we was eating noodles in the summer, man. It was tough up there, bro. It was tough up there. So uh, we we had a. We built a strong bond, you know, really unbreakable. You no, know, doesn't matter, like, what I do or what they do or how much money that either was. The brotherhood, the, the, the friendships
0: are still there, which is great to, to hear. Um, in the time that we've spent together, you don't come off to me personally as a big trash talker. Are mm-hmm. you?
3: Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... I don't be talking trash uh until it's time though. So, you know, when, when when I'm playing when I'm playing a game like video games or uh it's a competition, that's when I'm really talking trash. But other than that, I'm just, you know, uh I learn I learn to turn my uh competitive competitiveness off. So you can dial it up hard. and down as needed. Yeah, yeah, it it was hard at first, but but then I was I just had to start thinking like what like what do I get from being competitive with this person or what do I get from like you know try to outdo this person and so uh, I learned how to turn that off. Uh, I've been better from it, from it ever since. But you know sometimes sometimes it'll come out. It's like you know I, when I be playing, I go and play. You know, Dave and Buster's like the basketball game. And then, you know, Greer will be trying to beat me or something. And then, and then we won't say anything about it until we're done. And then I'm like, well, why didn't you say nothing when we was playing? <laughs> and then I would have, you know, I would have tried harder. So, are it's you the a, biggest trash
0: talker on your team right now? Are you the biggest trash talker now? Is there someone else that really uh, can put you, uh, in the, the rear view mirror.
3: So, I'm probably the biggest trash talker on our team, but, uh, I think, uh, I think when, and, and it's going to be very soon when he becomes like an absolute pro, it's going to be hard for him to shut up, uh, for people <laughs> to shut him up. It's okay. Jack Jones. It's Jack Jones. He, when he, because when he become a pro and he, he takes, uh, he takes his his everything to the next level because he has a really good – he had, he has good instincts. He's a great football player. When he takes everything else he needs to do to the next level and he becomes that player, he's going to be one heck of a trash talker. Just watch out for him.
0: Who do you think is the biggest trash talker in the league? Do, do you all – uh, on the field, you all know that there's a guy now out in the league that is just the trash talker on the field.
3: I uh, see that's it. all right. I think it's two different types of trash talker, and uh, I think the biggest trash talker gotta be Brandon Graham. Okay, but but like the most annoying trash talker is. Christian Wilkins but he he just be he be doing he be doing weird stuff he'd be like borderline so like it's a, it's a different like Graham he be, he just be talking to you like he'd be talking like hey hey don't come this way like we own you today we own you and then Christian be like oh I'm like bro why are you doing that
0: he's doing like, it so you don't come near him because you're like he's weird
3: Nah, yeah, they no, he'll come he come up to you and do it. I'm like, bro, don't do that in that football game. <laughs> like don't do that. But that's him. Matt, I
0: appreciate it. Uh, great conversation. You gave us some great uh, smiles and laughs and some insights into the game. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed your time and appreciate you opening up to all of us on behalf of the whole WEI team that put this event on. Uh, really, really appreciate it. We wish you good luck with the, uh, the arm and the rehab and the recovery and look forward to seeing you back out there with those big red sleeves getting
3: some more sacks. I got you. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a go.
0: Uh, I want to bring Dylan and Matthew back on uh, line here just uh, to wrap things up a little bit. And uh, they both had a chance to listen through the whole conversation. Uh, Dylan, I saw you smiling in the background several times. Was there something of uh, uh, most interest to you from what you heard from Matt today?
2: Yeah, man, Matt was pretty funny. I wasn't expecting him to make me laugh so much. But uh, yeah, you know, it was really cool getting to hear him talk and and seeing how he thought about things. It was way different than I thought a lot of his answers were going to be.
0: Yeah yeah and, and 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 a a a low not 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 a big a boisterous individual but uh absolutely uh you know uh fun and funny and, and I appreciate him him opening it up there Matt uh, was there something that uh, stuck out uh to you from the the conversation there
1: Yeah I'm glad you I'm really glad you uh, asked those questions about you know who's who's the biggest trash talker cuz you know it's it's interesting because you you can see them talking on the field, but you can't always make out what they're saying. So it's yeah. it's cool to to get an insight into what their personality is and what they what might be going on out there that you know you, you don't always hear. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Uh, who on the Wei team is the biggest trash? No, we won't do that. That's not <laughs> fair. We <can't, laughs> no trash talking out there. Um, but, uh, what, what we also, uh, what I want to kind of do to wrap things up here is he did talk, uh, Matt did about, uh, the teamwork out there, uh, how they do work together, how all the different groups have to work together, uh, different leadership, the, the coaches and all that. And that's the thing that I'll, I'll bring us back to here as we wrap up this event, folks is that definitely want you to be able to reach out and work with the teams from W E I and from H P E. And again, because of, uh, I think it was Dylan mentioned it earlier that uh you know because of the uh, architectural prowess that uh, the WEI team has and the deep number of certifications they have they can easily get on with HPE folks and bring them in to have those uh, discovery conversations and obviously deal with things as you're moving through your projects out there so I want to make sure you do that wei.com uh, for more information again if you don't have a WEI representative uh, a member of the team that you're in constant contact with, and you're, or you're not sure, then marketing at wei.com so you can reach out send that email uh, team will be happy to you know get a little lunch and learn together with you and, and schedule some one-on-one time and of course uh, can talk about the latest in terms of those HPE ProLiant servers out there Uh of course powered by uh, the fourth generation of the Intel Xeon scalable processors so uh again folks want to thank all of you for being here some good questions that y'all sent in as well so I appreciate seeing those in the uh, chat out there with that we'll wrap 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 things up for the event. Again, wei.com and marketing at wei.com. With that, we'll wrap it up on behalf of everyone. Thanks for joining us. And we do look forward to talking to you all down the road.